Captain, look! I shall be free from you, you hag! What are you doing? No, Captain, don't! Don't do it, it won't work! Die, you die! And now, Doctor, it's your turn. No, please, I can explain everything. No, Doctor, I... never again. And coming up in this episode, it's women! Oh, for fuck's sake. All that and more in this exciting episode of... The Doctor And the Complete Menagerie! Hello and welcome to Doctor Who. And the Complete Menagerie. If you want to say almost, you can say almost! <laughs> Alright! My name is Samantha. <laughs> My name is, um, uh, uh, what's a woman's name? <laughs> so many of them out these days. Uh, uh, Ken? No, that's a man's name. Um, Liz, Liz, Lizzie, Lizzie. And I'm Miranda. Let loose on it! <laughs> ah, marvellous. And the subject of women. No, right. it's... When we sat in the pub before last Christmas, we pencilled out this yes, season. Christmas, I give you my heart. See, that's what you should be playing, Sam. <laughs> Fucking Aswad. Yeah. Is that Aswad? Last Christmas, he gave you his heart, and then, and then his heart packed in. That was it. Dead. They shot the Ceausescu's on Christmas Day. Bottom swing. <laughs> <laughs> now then, uh, got a yeah, mouthful it's, of it's pie. Let me little bit of pie. You're eating before pie. we uh, before we move on to the subject. There's still seed in my mind's pie. <laughs> the seed in your the, 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 there's no need. The seed for women. in my what? There's no need for women now. We're we're all equal. We've got we can prepare our own food. Yes, exactly. Yes, women out there, women of the internet, we can we can do our, just as well as you at, uh, at doing home. Do you know that cooking? sex is a social construct or gender? We have we'll, to say we'll gender. We'll get to that. But I've got some cheeses. Hmm. I've got cheeses uh, in the world. Let's see. Oh, uh, oh, it doesn't say. <laughs> I thought it said on the yeah. thing. What's this between is your a, legs is totally irrelevant. This is a lovely uh, uh, any relationship. <laughs> Shush. We're not talking. We're talking about cheese. And yet women are still allowed to say men. You know, lovely cheese. Like. Look at that. That's, give that a sniff. Ooh. Yeah, that's nice. Is it apple That's a, that's a uh, goat cheese coming Ooh. along. There we are. Mm. Got cheese. You've got pies. The reaching. Describe your pies. Pie and drinking beer. It's a Where's wonderful compliment. Just over the corner shop there. Mm. Makes his own in the corner shop. Wonderful. Mm. Lovely man. It's a goat. His name is Sweeney Todd. Um, mm. Uh, I'm drinking Crowdens. Yeah. Mm. I'm bringing an element of the the, the Mediterranean because it, it's Brexit, of course. Ah, yes. Seems to be still happening. Uh, the war on the still Brexiteering. Let's <coughs> some of the Italian things. Remarkable port, but um, you know. You can't beat a bit of kidney in the state. Yeah. Guacamole. Guacamole. Democracy will be honoured, you know. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Have some cheese and get it down here. So, guacamole, hummus. I bought the hummus. Listeners out there. Be not feared, I have hummus. Mm. Uh, uh, how are the pie going down? Is it all right? Good. Mm. I'm just opening this fucking hummus. It's a bit, it's got char-grilled tomatoes in it. Yeah, look at that. You can help yourself with a bit of that. Mm. You need another uh, plate, Tom. Do you want this one? Oh, it's got a bit of meat on it. That's okay. 
and some cherry tomatoes. Oh, yeah, yeah. The listeners out there will be uh, will oh, be nice. jealous. He's on a very, very I know, I know. It's, uh, it's getting difficult, I suppose. Mm. What do you mean? There's Greg and I on the road to ruin. Yeah. No. Primrose Plath to Colin. What's uh, No, they shot John Lennon at 40. Yeah, you two are going the way of Colin Baker. Actually, no, not, not you, Sam. You have lost weight. Have you been falling? Have you been on the... Have you been all right? Um, I've actually been like you. I've cut out a lot of booze and a lot of meat. Yeah, good. Well, we're getting old. But I do enjoy it. Mm. All right, let's let's talk about the, 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 the what we're here to talk about. Doctor Who is a lady now. It's a line to see. Oh, mm. bollocks. I've got, I've got, got the line. I certainly <laughs> I've got the loin. Mm. And the line is this. Come along, my boy. Up on your feet, quickly. Come along. Come on. Come on. Put your head down. Now breathe deeply. Come along. Mm, Is that um, I was thinking it was. (laughs) (laughs) With a fan in the office. Um, (laughs) Is it? (laughs) (laughs) Would you like some context? Mm, Yes, please. Here's the context. Come along, my boy. Up on your feet. Quickly, come along. Come on, come on. Put your head down. Now breathe deeply. Come along. They nearly killed me in there. Come on, let's get away from here in case they come out. Steady. <laughs> Take it easy. You're with friends. All right. No idea. Is it a heart It is a heart It does sound like heart yeah, Is it, um, is is it the chase? Is it the introduction of Peter Purvis? Nope. Hmm. Okay. Not sure. Have to mull. Have a think about it, but it is relevant to this episode. Ah. Mm. Okay. I'll leave it there. Mm. Buddy Windrush has got it. <laughs> That's not Buddy Windrush has got everything. <laughs> he knows all the facts and figures. Mm. We, as you said in the introduction, we scheduled this episode before they announced that Doctor Who was becoming a woman. So we're going to. Uh, or a lady, t- as you put it on Twitter. A lady, yes. Are we allowed to talk about the new Doctor Who briefly? Yeah. Mm. Okay, before we go into the time. Time lash. Uh, it's, it's been great news. Wonderful news. Why? It's just nice to have a woman in the part, isn't it? Easy, easy, such all. Oh. It's just nice to have a different a bit, yeah. a bit of mixing up a bit. So, mm-hmm. so, I think we should have a nice female prime minister now because it'd be nice, <laughs> yeah. nice to have one. Yes, it's it would. Nice. It'd just be nice. It's just nice. Because, of course, the first She's a great 13, actress. 14. First 13 or 14 Doctor Who's only got the part because they had a. P- that's yeah. the only reason they were yeah. in the park. Yeah. Well, not really. They were good actors, but mm. but it's just she's just. Uh, I think it's going to be quite fun to have. Tune, a, a tune in next week for the first male Miss Marple, because of course gender doesn't mean anything anymore. Does stop it? moaning. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong? You're, I agree with you, Greg. You're becoming more like Dawkins. As you, you are not as wise as you think you are. You hypocrites want to condemn anybody for making mistakes or believing different from your bullshit, retard, atheism, dogma. <laughs> Let's see that. It's nonsense, isn't it? Whenever, whenever Greg has a point, he goes, Rob, that's bullshit! All this bloody nonsense, you know, about the, you know, the first 13 true. Doctor Who's being, being male, it's about oppressing women. Oh, come on, it's women. about just feminazis saying, oh, we need to have a, our, our bit as well, you know. Let's just make it a female James Bond. It doesn't matter that James Bond's a man. No, it does matter that James Bond's a man because that's the character they've set. If you, if you, I'm, I alone in this uh, triumvirate have watched the new series and they've, they've set it up for years that the Doctor Who should be a woman. You know, the Master was a woman. And then every any other episode mm. of Time Lord regenerates into a woman. Of course it's going to be a woman next time. But if you ask it wasn't. I mean, I was, over, I was cock-a-hoop when they announced it. Because uh, they threatened that it could be that bloke from the BT advert, oh, <laughs> oh, God. God. Christopher Marshall. So uh, that would have been the death of it. But uh, 
I mean, as we'll see, I mean, uh, the, 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 it'll be the only good decision that Chris Chinball makes. I mean, he, Why is it he, such he, a good decision? I mean, I've seen this actor in something and I thought she was, you know, perfectly passable and average, but nothing exciting. I think it's such a boring decision. Well, who, who, who would you cast it? Joanna Lumley. Or I'll tell you, <laughs> even better than Joanna Lumley, actually, as the first female Doctor Who, Miriam Margolis. I remember being in an Italian bus and a man frotting against me and a chap uh, pushed his um, erection um, <laughs> into, into my bottom. That's been said for years. Yeah. She, Even she Tom Baker said that. Fantastic. She's the equivalent of David Tennant, this, this woman. Tom no, Baker. no, she's the equivalent of Peter Davison. She's bland, you she's like pretty, she's got a boring you face. You like Peter Davison? How dare you? No, 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 no. Tom, do you want to f*** Peter Davison? I want to f*** Peter Davison. We all want to f*** Peter Davison. Circa 1981. You've got Peter Davison. Yeah, which ties in nicely, actually, with this subject, because Peter Davison, of course, his Twitter account, R.I.P. Why? Did you see Greg's tweet feed? You just said, Doctor number five, hashtag you now. Yeah, you're a dinosaur for saying something, you know, <laughs> yeah. vaguely like exactly. Good point to, exactly. In the, in the whole debate, and he was point. shouted at not by feminazis as you call them, no, by left wing nutters. Yeah, well, oh yeah, yeah. Colin Baker anyway. had a go at him, didn't he? It just means that they're a bunch of dicks. They but they be, are a bunch. But of they, dicks. that's the thing about them. Okay, let's have a little. <laughs> let's have a segue into politics. Okay, please. <laughs> you, can agree, you can agree with. Uh, People, what people say, but you can still think they're behaving like a bunch of dicks, which is what politics mm. basically is. You have to, you have to either align yourself with the Tories, Labour, Lib Dems, whatever. They're all a bunch of fucking dicks, and we you, and you might agree with some policies that they're putting into place. Mm. So, like, if I if I think look at Jeremy Corbyn, he's a fucking dick, isn't he? Obviously, but so is Theresa May. So is Vince Cable, who seems to be waltzing about in a hat these days. Totally agree with you. So it doesn't mean that, that, that you can't criticise them. Of course you should. They're, they're behaving like idiots. Did but you hear might... that, listeners? It's OK to criticise Jeremy Corbyn. You've got a warped view of things. You mustn't say such things. I'll say whatever I like. Well, of course. In fact, it's de rigueur in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Theresa May. And uh, they're all as bad as each other, aren't they? Yes. But what's worse, I suppose, as you say, is this mob mentality, which we yes. satirised in the show, the popular show. Chanchesco the, the Musical! musical. <laughs> we did indeed. We had to go at everybody <laughs> on the left. Everybody on the right. right. Because he, he, wasn't, he took the photos. He made the poster. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Part of it. Part of it. In some minor way. <laughs> oh. We didn't credit you, no. But, uh, <laughs> we didn't want to believe your name. <laughs> Ceausescu the musical's become the entertainment focus. <laughs> That's true. It's ready to go Ceausescu the musical. Yeah, they shot him on Christmas Day. Did they? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, whatever, I will say so, this. Peter Davison was hounded off Twitter, right? He was, he by the likes of some, you. Some com- not by the likes of me. <laughs> Sorry, Tom, I have to take you to task on this. Not by the likes of me, because I'm very pro-freedom. And the reason I'm you no like longer bothered with like that is they, they, they do not like freedom. You like Mel Giedrock, you like, I mean Mel Gibson, <laughs> sorry. Freedom! Freedom! <laughs> it, what was, what was that? that film? Rob, Rob, Rob Highlander. Lawyer. Highlander. Highlander, that's yeah. it. Thanks, thanks, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> Soundtrack I, I, by Queen. Again. <laughs> this is a scary thing. It's all becoming a bit like Mao's Cultural Revolution. This is the point we, I want to make. So if Tom could please just give, out, me two no. <laughs> just give me two minutes to rant. Traffic cones. 
<laughs> that could be our new catchphrase. You see, Traffic that's what we're going to see. It's, it's, it's Mao's cultural revolution all over again. I went on Facebook when the oh, announcement came of this oh. Lady Doctor Who, and this um, fatuous idiot who, who, who I'm friends with on Facebook. Sam. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, Penny Windrush. He was bouncing around the house in joy at this, the news that it was a Lady Doctor Who. And I thought, well, that's fair enough. That's, you know, I've got no problem with that. But no, half an hour later, he has to post, I've seen some comments about oh, people dear, saying, yeah. that saying that they don't like this. And he's bought in the media spin and, that there is some problem with and it. And so I, I looked at his Twitter feed. and he's a Turk. And there was nobody commenting on his Twitter no, feed saying just going this, this is. He's just being outraged for the sake of being no, outraged. You're right. You're right. Greg. Um, but this is Mao's cultural revolution. <laughs> you know, you're not allowed dissent, and yeah. anybody who's seen to be dissent has to be. Yes, you're has right. Has to be yes. scrutinised in public. The strain of reawakening must have disturbed her mind. There's nothing wrong with my mind. I was assured that everyone had been most carefully selected. I don't think you're going to be happy with this. Yes, you're right. Not proud <laughs> because... <laughs> yes. And it's the same with Peter yes, Davison's uh, Twitter feed. So, you know, yes, Peter Davison was very badly treated on Twitter, but do you know what, Peter, if you're listening, which you're not, but for the fans, if you if you give it out, you have to take it. And for Peter Davison's mm. comments on, on Brexit... Yeah. They were horrendous and bigoted. I, think, yeah, I agree talking, with him. We should have stayed in, but... Uh, talking, know. Well, he was saying... We all voted Remain here, I, I think. I would never but, shout but, but, <laughs> I voted Remain. But, but, but you know, Leave won the day. It's and Peter Davison, <laughs> Peter Davison said, um, Oh, you, 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 you horrible old men ruining it for everybody else. As if a woman couldn't possibly have voted oh, for Brexit. Yes. Yep. You know, I'm sorry, but if you're going to be so bigoted about people who disagree with you... Then you, you have to accept the consequences of that. And then, but, maybe, oh, but, oh but, my then, God! Oh my, Buddy Windrush doesn't like Silver Nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you keep listening to that episode? Sorry, <laughs> comfort, I suppose. Sorry, I'll, I'll put it on pause. So, <laughs> what were you saying, Greg? You were talking about Chris Clough directed it, didn't he? Yeah. One last thing on this uh, is that uh, is that I look like Chris Clough. No, uh, yeah, you sound that, like Chris Clough. Oh, you sound, sound like Chris Clough. I don't look like. And he had his tooth out as well, didn't he? Yes, he took it out. Took it out specially. <laughs> and here we are at Butlins. But it does look Butlin. rather lovely. It does. And there's the poor old bus. They're hula hooping. I'm very pleased that uh, that it's, it is who it is. Uh, she's a nice lady. And I'm bland. We've finally got a female doctor in the part, which has traditionally been the role of a man. I think it's a sad thing to celebrate because yes. where are the good roles you're writing for women? Yes. Is it only a success if you now have a woman playing the part that traditionally was played by a man? What I was the point I was making was it's not me saying that it's not a good thing. It's just like is it something to celebrate just because now we've got the sliding scale on the left, isn't it? Where everyone has to be a victim. I mean, it's mm. like you know the next thing will be when's the next when's the black Doctor Who? And they actually had in the Guardian an article saying the next Doctor Who not only should be a Muslim immigrant well, woman be. but must be a Muslim immigrant it woman. Will, it will be a Muslim immigrant. Nobody week. cares about the Chinese. The left aren't saying, no, oh, we've got to have a Chinese James Bond. Why aren't they saying that? Well, why Roger Moore, it, why is this Roger Moore got into a lot of trouble for challenging the statement about there being a black Bond because yeah. he said oh, Bond, racist. Bond needs to be white because he's an e he's a white bread Etonian twat. 
Yeah. That was his words. I think yeah. you could be black, but I don't think you could be a woman. I think it would just be silly. You'd just call it a different character. Oh, Tom, you misogynist. You dinosaur. No, no, no. I think, I think it's different. I think, you know, Doctor Who is an alien. He could, and they've set up in the last three or four years that he could change gender. So why not? It seems obvious, doesn't it? They're doing it on purpose to sort of make it, you know... To get attention. Well, not, no, not really. I think it's just like because you can with James Bond, you couldn't. And if you did, they're not <laughs> going to. They're, they're not going to. They're not going. Honestly, they're not going to. You know what? The reason all this happens, and we are we are in this bit of. Let's not talk about it too long because we're in this world <laughs> at the moment where everything's a little bit in flux. In about twenty years' time, everyone will look back and go. Well, that was a bit weird, wasn't it? You well, know. I hope you're right, Tom. Because what what we're in this bit where you've got to have the first woman Doctor Who, the first black Doctor Who. In 20 years' time, we'll have had that, and we can just look back at it and go, well, it's just, it was a time where everyone got a bit head hot under the collar, mm. and now we can just have characters again. Can I just predict something? Now we can something? just have different gendered characters and different race of characters, and, and, and we'll do, have do, done away with all this bullshit. What we'll have now is we'll have bullshit, a situation yeah. where if, if this actor is not very good, the, the series is not very good, it will be exempt from any kind of criticism. Well, I, I agree with that well. because the, yeah. the series will and be terrible. You're being sexist by criticising yeah, the show. If you think Doctor Who's bad now, wait until Mr Chibnall gets in because he's yeah. going to be bloody awful. And he's the, terrible. The, have you ever seen Broadchurch? It's dreadful. Not, it's not, it, he's not as, as, as crass as that, but he's just not a very good writer. And the left are still pondering how Trump got in. Well, exactly. When uh, Hillary Clinton's party was always going to be about breaking a glass ceiling and the first female president. It's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. Is anyone still listening? No women listen to our podcast. No, I don't imagine they do. Make, make Miriam Margulis, Doctor Who. I might she's be brilliant. She's a, she's a, let's she's a, a lesbian. Okay, let's let's make I have a to list. say, let's I make a list. I don't uh, care about being being a lady Doctor Who. In fact, Brendan O'Neill wrote a very good article about this for the Spectator. But if it's, I assure you, probably did, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it was Brendan O'Neill. Anyway. <laughs> More power to him. But um, if it's Miriam Margulis, I might even watch it. I'm just, I'm just, she's just so bland faced, yeah. this woman. It doesn't matter about new Doctor Who, it's shit. Mm. Let's just talk about old Doctor Who. Okay. Okay. Than a wallow. Okay. wallow in a mire of nostalgia. There are women in old Doctor Who. We've started on a negative point because <laughs> it's in the new series and yeah. we're going to move away from that now completely. The whole viewpoint on this is feminism, women, and Doctor Who and equality. Hey! And let's not forget that Doctor Who originated with a female producer, the first. Yes. Doctor Who has always been a very liberal show. It's always been a very open-minded. It broke barriers. And there's, there's a wonderful scene, isn't there, in the documentary about the making of the first season of Doctor Who that Mark Gatiss wrote, where you have uh, Warris Hussein talking to Verity Lambert. And who would have thought a woman and an Asian yeah. making Doctor Who? And Doctor Who was forged in an environment which is completely anti-establishment. Mm. Was it not that uh, it wasn't given much credence? They just thought it was going to be a crappy... Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, waste of time. So, so that's a woman, woman do it. Yeah, I mean that's, that's kind of how it was. Mm. But credit to Sidney Newman because he he saw. Get me Sidney. <laughs> <laughs> Get me some broad on the phone. <laughs> I don't want me no monkey. <laughs> I want an Asian. <laughs> Give me a broad on an Asian. <laughs> I want them to be Doctor Who. <laughs> 
They were both in their twenties, though, weren't they? Warriors Hussein and Verity Lambert at the yes, time. Yes, they were yeah, no yeah, hopers, no hopers, and they turned them into wonderful jewels in the crown. Superstars. Yeah. Did you get that reference? Yeah. I did. Jewel in the crown. She yeah. mm. and then later Elder Rondo. Very rarely do I do a reference. Nobody <laughs> <laughs> knows really know anything. And so to have that sort of as my. On my gravestone, Tom did a reference. <laughs> so we've got a very special guest star coming up. Well. Coming up, yeah, uh, which is going to be a little surprise. Mm. It's going to be a little surprise. I think you should agree to be on this <laughs> recent conversation with <laughs> We're going into the Time Space Visualizer. Mm. It's a Time Space Visualizer. Okay, here we are. It's the Stones of Blood. Now, wow. I selected this story for the Time mm. Space Visualizer with good reason. Yeah. In that case, why don't you tell us about the story? And tell us about the plot. With pleasure. Who's in it? Well, it's a Tom Baker classic. It's also it's from the uh, the Key to Time season. I think it's mm. the best story from the Key to Time season. And it's when it's the only season story from that season, I believe, where they land on the planet Earth. So ah. It's the only Romana story, We've Romana one, where they arrive in contemporary nineteen seventies uh, era. Tom and I have been to the location. We, we have the Rollwright Roll Stone. We'll, 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 we'll get to that. Mm. Don't interrupt Paleo. It's my new year's resolution not to interrupt him. <laughs> <laughs> Two episodes to go, and Tom's agreed not also, to interrupt him. Also, eating cheese. I was trying to let him go on with it. <laughs> I love it. Tom does other things when I'm talking. <laughs> Goes out to the corner shop, <laughs> inflates his tyres, yep. calls the wife. The The Stones of Blood is a 1978 story, and it's ba- it's set on contemporary contemporary Earth, which is 1978. 1978. And Doctor Who and Romana mm. land, trying to find the third piece of the key to time. Mm. Who plays Doctor Who in this one? Tom Baker. Tom Baker. The best Doctor Who. Mm. One of my favourites. Mm. What happens? They land in a stone circle mm. and they're met by a lady called Vivian Fay and Professor Rumford. Hold on a minute, mm. you missed out of the bit, the sort of the boring bit at the start, but haven't you? The, the, the almost the pre titles moment yeah. when someone is sacrificed. Just, no, 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 that, no, that bit, the, the Inspector Morse devil worshipping episode mm. bit. No, the, it's very Inspector Morse. No, the, yeah. bit, the bit with the, the TARDIS. Mm. Oh, the it's TARDIS very, I think it's very boring. That's a scene that's obviously been written to fill some time, where they're talking about the key to time and the third piece, and Tom not being able to fit it into the rest. And it's one of my favourite sequences in the whole of Doctor. Do you like it? <laughs> Do you know why? Why? <laughs> you were about to miss it out. It's Greg's favourite. Go on, Greg. You describe how great it is. It was filmed on the day I was born. Hey! <laughs> Do you know what that coincides with? The 100th episode of Doctor Who. Yeah. Mm. It was supposed to be a birthday cake scene, wasn't it? And they cut it. They cut the cake. <laughs> they ate the cake, they cut the scene. You can't have your cake and eat it. No, you, so can't. It, it, you can't have the penny and the bun. No. But I knew there was a reason why we had to mention that scene. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, just, as, just as Mary Tam and Tom Baker were performing that scene, the TARDIS interior sequences in episode You were one, coming out of your own TARDIS interior. Yes, yeah. I was being delivered into this world. So, the TARDIS lands on contemporary Earth. This is Greg. Seventeria. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going... <laughs> I like it. Uh, that was my impression of Freddie Mercury. <laughs> 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 oh, 
Did they, t- did they tie your mother down when she was giving birth? I just got to so say that's a reference to Queen. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was. I um, hope you. <laughs> <laughs> so the key to time. They're after the, That's what you didn't say. They're after the key to time. I said that. I said they're after the third part of the key oh, to did time. You? Yeah. Oh right, episode three of the key to time. Episode three of the key to time. They land in 1978. Yes. The rock and roll years. Jaws mm. two in the cinemas. Everything's going well. What's Jaws two in the cinemas? Jaws two. Schneider was in that, wasn't he? Jaws two. The terror continues. Roy Schneider. Yes. Some might say Jewish. that's the best uh, Jaws film. I think so. He's dead now, but you wrote to him, didn't you? Yes, I wrote to uh, Freud asking him to sign an autograph, and he died the week I posted it. Reminds me of Graham Crowder. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we. Tom, when Tom and I were doing Burke the News School, we were going to write to Graham Crowder and various other eccentric elderly. British character actors. And this um bit before. Have we have we had this? <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the third time. Don't worry because Jason's loving it. Just carry on talking. Move on. My dreams of conquest. Yes. Rob, are you enjoying Greg's voice? Let let Greg talk for a he bit. He died the same week as Simon McCorkin died. I know, a terrible a terrible Crowder. You were saying yeah, before you interrupted yourself. Oh, yeah. mm. So, there was a... The, in, 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 in the circle of stones. Doctor Who and Mary Tan land on the planet Earth. Yeah. And it's a bit like Canine and Company or uh, Morse, Inspector Morse. Some mothers do have Where Yes, it's like the episode, isn't it? <laughs> devil like, when he comes in on roller skates and then sacrifices a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> There's a sacrifice, a, a druid, druid sacrifice going oh, on. <laughs> A bit of druidery. And basically, there's this old crazy professor and this young lady it's shacked Dr. up together. Lana Ward. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, God, I've run out of energy. No, 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 I can't keep go going. on. Keep going. Have a tomato. Have a tomato. That'll, that'll, I'll take the little green bit off. Thank there you go. Eat that. Eat that. Jesus, good Have a bit of cheese. Have a Yorkshire Have a bit of that. A bit of goat cheese. That'll help you. Right, so there's this crazy old professor. Yes, Professor Rumford, Beatrix Lehman. Who can't remember her lines? Good to know. She's brilliant. Or where to, to say them. <laughs> and Tom looks very sad, but he's enjoying himself because he's been out eccentric in every scene he's in. Mm. Yeah. Along with Mary Tam, who goes off and does her own thing. But he adored B. Lehman. And basically, what's going on is there's a Druid cult in the village sacrificing chickens and people to these strange stones. It's a bit like Hot Fuzz, isn't it? Mm. Timothy Dalton. Yeah. But. Like every good episode of Doctor Who, there's an added layer ah. because this seemingly lovely lady called Vivian Fay, who I think is gorgeous. All right. Well, I'm getting older. I'm thinking, never fancied her. Now she's quite doable. <laughs> <laughs> Very yellow teeth. But it was the seventies, smoking. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they're white now, or she's, she's dead. Bit, she's a bit weird, isn't she? Anyway, but she's on. a bit odd. But she's a bit mysterious. She's mysterious and a bit aloof, and you think mm. there's something more to this lady. And she has a Wallaflex camera, which caught my eye, that she was taking uh. photos of the stones with. I thought, ah. As it turns out, she's, as it happens. She's well dodged. As it happens, you see. As it happens, in her basement, it's like a Dorian Gray reversal. Yes. She has many portraits of herself, hidden yes. away, mm. 
of her throughout the centuries. Yeah. Mm. Turns out she's very, very old indeed. Yeah. Older than time itself. Yes. By episode three, there's a big revelation. Above the stones in her other dimension, there's a prison ship. This is going a bit spoilerific. Oh, no, I'm going to end on a, end on a cliffhanger, don't, no, you? don't you worry. Fine, oh, okay. I was a bit worried. And yeah. Romana is spirited away onto this ship, and Doctor Who and Beatrix Layman mm. are brought together with the robot dog K9 to rescue her mm. and solve the problem. Okay, mm. so... Yeah, so it's, it's at one level a bit of a, a run-around, a sort of a Inspector Morse Devil episode run-around. It's Canaan and Company on acid. It is. It, it was very... I mean, I think <coughs> I started watching it and I was just like, oh, not this again. It's pre Canaan and Company. Yeah, it's pre... It I is. Know it, I know three it came or four first, years, but it, it, mm. I, think I, I think we'd watched Canaan and Company relatively recently. Yes. But the whole point here, Tom, is... Apart from that weird druid that disappears in the first episode, yeah. it's Tom and a bunch of women. Is it's this why you chose David it? Fisher. Is this why you chose it? Yeah. Because this is the women episode. So women. Tell us why you chose it and what, what Quite it means Quite simply, to you. I think Romana is one of the most independent female characters without being like Ace that's walking around with a baseball bat pretending to be a young man. Right, so you like her. She wears uh, high heels. And she's I'll a very strong right, character. Okay, and what steamy. comes to that? Uh, it's not true. Professor Romford. We love Which her. one's that? She's the older... Oh, yes. Well, OK, we'll come to that. I love her. She's like a wonderful... Her? And then you have Vivian Fay, who is the, the antagonist, and she's a female antagonist. And just Tom. Yeah. And it's how Tom moderates well, his have, performance. You, you he have, changes his performance style. You have that chap, Mr. DeVries, do Yes. In the first episode. Well, I thought But that he's very weak. Because uh, I... I yeah, another one that I haven't seen uh, I think all the way through... So I was wondering, why has Paleo chosen this? It's got, it's got an old lady in it, it's got a young lady in it. Is it particularly, is it by a woman? No. Is it directed by a woman? No. David Fisher. David Fisher, he's a man. So I was just thinking, okay, it seems to have largely women in it. Anyway, I sort of, you know, idly watching it, Ruth comes in and there's a the, the bald guy with a moustache. Mm. And, uh, and uh, she says, well, who's that? And I said, oh, I don't know, Jeffrey Tambor, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, is he still alive? Nicholas no, he McCardle, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I looked him up. Yeah, still so, alive. So, uh, so the episode goes on. Jeffrey Tambor dies in episode two, but it started mm. to occur to me that yes, you're right. That the 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 main characters in this series are women, so that must be why you've chosen women. it. But then I realised that Jeffrey Tambor's a woman too these days. Isn't he? So I was quite pleased with that little uh, little happenstance on, on Jeffrey Tambor because he's a lady now in, uh, in Transparent. Transparent or Transparent. I haven't seen that, but it looks good. Uh, he dresses up a lady and mm. it, it becomes, uh, becomes Miranda or something. So, uh, oh. yeah, that's all fun. But, yeah, so is it because it's got women in it? It's got women in it, and my memory of it was that the dialogue was sparkling. It was really well written for mm. women, and I think credit to uh, uh, it was Douglas Adams that was script editor at this time I always thought Douglas Adams wrote very well for women he wrote for non-gender specific characters and then they were cast accordingly and I think this is what you can see in this show are they lesbians though? you are really trying to get your tongue right into that aren't you? <laughs> well that's what tongues are for <laughs> the, the, but this, I mean come on there's sausage <laughs> sandwiches going on at one scene well, I didn't exactly. know if that was a euphemism I mean, Vivian is making some sausage sandwiches Nothing like sausage sandwiches mm -mm. when you're working something out. The, the people that have written this know that there's, that's what's going on. In is that the influence? Come on, of course. The age gap is, is huge. It is with the, with the, with the, with the, with the gays, isn't it? All right. Well, Greg. Greg, certainly with the... Your department. I, I don't know anything about lesbians. 
We do. You know, you all get together in the pub, don't you, and talk about LGBT issues. <laughs> yeah. That's a very fanciful uh, way of looking at it. Women. Munching rug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in fact, um, talking of which we did in, in an earlier episode. You know, she, she's a lesbian. Well, one, time, one time she met um, Stephen Fry, and they were just chatting amicably to him. And Stephen Fry mentions this in one of his autobiographies. And uh, she was just talking away from this. She went, bum, 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 bum. Oh, sorry about that. C***ed her. <laughs> Isn't that yeah, wonderful? I got a story from Terry Malloy about Maria. Yeah. And that she was talking to a lady in a theatre, some show they've been working on together. And she was saying, so anyway, so, I mean, do you have a woman? Do you have a woman in your life? Is there a woman? You know, you f***ing, what are you doing? And this woman said, I don't know what you're talking about. And she said, yeah, come on, come on. Yeah, come on, obviously, yeah. She went, I'm not gay. She went, oh, f***. <laughs> and then walked away from her. <coughs> wow, there you go. So there we go. She's a uh, she's very much Tom Baker esque. You know? Yeah, that's the sort of thing is. Tom Baker would have said to some yes. scrumpet. Well, feisty sort of and Jewish, Tom and they both look quite similar, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, mm. and very intelligent. Yeah. Mm. But she's so, not in so the same. Get, get her as Doctor Who. I'd watch it. So you've chosen Sosa Wood because there's lots of women in it. That's true. There are lots of women in it. Women. That's the first mm. assertion. Proved correct. Purely because the dialogue you could interchange it and make it a man, and it would be no different. So it's nice to like. see. It's nice to see mainly women, uh, bit uh, sort of character parts. Yeah, that's good. What, uh, but they're not playing types, Tom. That's no, who's nice. Uh, it's just nice to see mm. just a bit of a change. And Tom's it? on his own with it. And it, and you watch, you don't think, oh gosh, this is just women and Tom. No, no, it took me a while to realise like why you chose it. Yeah, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but I, but the, your next assertion, which is that that Romana is uh, somehow independent and, and great, is bullshit. <laughs> I think she. She's got high heels on. Yeah, <laughs> she's exactly. doing what the fuck she likes. No, yeah. she's not. She's like basically. And we'll come into this in the time. Pertwee would never have left Joe in a stone circle because they, she'd have ended up being sacrificed in the first ten minutes. They, they mm. act. They have different ways of acting in terms of their performance. But what? Because well, Mary do, Tam's acting. Wait, 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 mm. I'm not a big fan of Katie Manning, but 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 they are exactly. It's just the companion role. The companion role is always sassy and feisty and goes off on their own. Yeah. It's what happens, and we're talking about this in the time dash. Yes. And Romana, if anything, is utterly, utterly stupid. It's okay when it's Joe because that's her character. But the, basically, the, the companion role exists to sort of to look stupid, and the Doctor answers her questions. Why the fuck is Romana so stupid in this? Because she's meant to be super intelligent. Mm. All the questions she's asking is the sort of thing that Katie Manning would ask, and you go, "That's fine." Mm. But but she's meant. So I don't agree with you. Though. Okay. Oh. I think that's a. <clears throat> she looks like a chav as well. She's wearing Burberry. She's hot though. Yeah, I'd do her. Very cute. <laughs> now, not now, but. Uh, but uh, but I yeah not convenient. But uh. <laughs> oh, can we talk about the the other characters in this? Can we talk about Vivian Faye? Yes, she's a bit weird, isn't she? She's, she's very strange, very odd. But you like her, don't you? I do. And you'd give her one. I thought Let in terms be. of giving a, she is she is actually written as a very very kind of like uh, enigmatic enigmatic character. Mm. Susan Engel, very attractive. Yes, yes, yes. Very much in the background in the first episode or two. She's just an assistant. Oh, yeah. 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 She reminded yeah. me of the lady in the Cayman. The sex woman. There was a yes. bit of that. The sexy like... lady. <laughs> well, what did she say? <laughs> She'll come. come. She paid you Good. Look at Vivian Faye. <laughs> he's lost a bit of weight. He's done his hair a bit. He's put a bit of rouge on. But he's, um, he's, he's had, had a haircut. Yeah, so but I... if he was going to, if he was going to actually give some a, a Faye character, that Vivian Faye is a very, very cutesy, no, cute name. It's a Faye name. And she's in a pink trouser suit. Very much like she's lady in the nice. background, not going to be a threat. Mm. Assistant to an old lady. It's very that's much played true, down. Yeah, yeah. She's a very good, good point. woman, probably. 
Just the way they costumed her. She's very, very light and easy, isn't it? Mm. Mm. And, it's, and, then, and always smiling. Yes. Always smiling. Sinister. Yes. yes. Although their very first appearance, she sort of sticks a, sticks like an archaeological spear in there, yeah, doesn't she? Yeah, and that's a point. Yeah. Because she has a spear later. It's a nice bit of direction. Bit of foreshadowing. Is it George Spenton Foster? No, no. It was uh, uh, Daryl Blake? Daryl Blake is his name? Hello. It was actually one of, one of the few directors. Take it up in uh, John So I thought she was a fascinating character, and then she makes an absolute transformation into this silver lady. It's um, why is she silver? Like a siren. Daryl Blake. Da- Daryl Blake. There we go. Yeah, we got there, didn't we? Yeah, so she, well, yeah, she is rather good though. But 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 the, 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 I mean, so yes, I'll give you that. He directed a number of Doctor Who's, didn't he? Did he? Yeah. Pe- fans call it Blake 7. <laughs> you set that up quite badly. Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> you should have said he did half a dozen. A baker's dozen. A Blake's dozen. <laughs> no, that doesn't make any sense. No. Uh, so, no, uh, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, she is quite good, isn't she? But what about Beatrix Layman? Well, she's, she's the star of the show. She's, she's good. amazing. I love her. Oh, haven't I met you somewhere before, Professor? Doctor. Oh, Doctor. Yes. Of course, I got a wonderful memory of the faces. Fugus. 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 Cornish Fugus. You read that paper on them at the symposium at Princeton? Or was it Cardiff? Oh! Or was it that fool Lemington Smith? A dreadful paper. Complete bosh. Who are you? I, I absolutely adore her. I think she's fantastic. And you can see Tom just kind of withdrawing slightly, thinking. I think I have to pitch this lower because well, you don't I... need Tom Baker in these episodes because mm, no. you've got her. And she's, she could be Doctor Who herself. She could she's play Batty. I was in fact her first Batty boy. <laughs> <laughs> her very first scene, she's got her face turned away from the camera. Obviously watching a cheekboard, reading her dialogue, yeah. I think. But you know what? You forgive her because she's... Just she's reaching so for her lines. She, she doesn't know what she's saying. I she misses her They don't really do anything. They're just no. like, not that I'll do, really. Yeah. <laughs> It was uh, the survey of Dr. Paul Lays in uh, 1754 that brought you on to it. That's how I twigged, because when I came to compare the survey of Dr. Paul Lays with the survey of the Reverend Thomas Bright in 1820, and then the two surveys of 1874, for 1911. Well, it was obvious, wasn't it? What was obvious? I do beg your pardon. And it's just Tom looking, nodding, and smiling, going, yes, more, yeah. He's lovely. He adored her. Well, he wanted her as a companion. She would have been brilliant as a companion. She died the following year. Well, that probably wouldn't be so brilliant if she was dead, but... 1979. How old was she in in the show? I can't remember when she's dead now. (laughs) I was was trying to think of who she reminded me of. Initially, it was uh, uh, Michael Winner after he lost all that weight. Remember that? So yeah. I was thinking it's Michael Winner, but then I realised it's not Michael Winner, it's W.H. Auden. Ah! In his yes. old years. Yeah. So, so there's this, this Barbie old poet wandering around. Yeah. Not, not played by Richard Griffin. No, God, oh, don't get into that. <laughs> yeah, that was a terrible... I think she gives the best performance of that season. I think she's the standout mm. she's very good. guest star. She, she was a, a great actor, wasn't she? Quite a big name at the end. There's a wonderful, there was a wonderful anecdote actually that the the, the role Maybe of Vivian Fay was offered to Honor um, uh, Blackman who lived oh, nearby, Pussy, oh, Pussy Galore, mm. and she was interested in the part, but she said, oh, "It's going to uh, Beatrix Layman's going to get all the fun." Yes, 
and she, she knew, right. and she was bang on. You know, the 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 the, the lead, the, the main antagonist, is overshadowed by Beatrix Lehman. You're just waiting for the scenes to go back to where she stood in a in the roll right stones, wandering around talking to K9 and missing her cues. Oh, I thought you were. Are you all right, K9? Am I exhausted? Can you recharge yourself? Affirmative. Given time. Do you think they'll come back? Affirmative. Suspect they have gone away to recharge. Recharge? But how? With globulin. She could do anything and it's so entertaining. She's wonderful. And she's just her and K9 for like oh. one episode and it's wonderful. Mm. It's wonderful. Yes, uh, in the same way that it wasn't wonderful in K9 and Company. So yeah. yeah. It was Labour and Company. Yeah. Oh, Sarah I'd watch that. Opened yeah. up a box and Beatrix Labour popped out. <laughs> Beatrix Labour Mark II. <laughs> she leans over to K9 and Bob and goes, Are you okay, my dear? Thank heavens. Are you better, dear? Thank you, Professor Rumford. Can you move? Mobility impaired, but databanks recharged. What are we going to do? Vivian smashed the machine. Reconstruct it. With your help, it shouldn't be difficult. With my help? I'm an archaeologist, not an engineer. You will work under my direction. Oh, it's like, oh this is wonderful. I do think Labour Company has legs. Should we try and make that? Mm. Well, she's dead now. Well, I think big finish on their eighth season. That's the only downside. <laughs> Sarah Jane Smith and... Bit, uh, uh, Mrs. Labour. No, it's such a shame because. But this great thing about classic Doctor Who, you get wonderful actors like Beatrix Lehman in it. And a lot of people may, may only know Beatrix Lehman for that, and I can't really think of other things she's done. But, <coughs> she was a star, though, wasn't she? She was indeed, she's a very yeah, good name. Yeah. You just you know she's something, someone quite special just because of the nature of her performance. Mm. It made me wonder why you chose it at first, and then I, because I was thinking, why didn't you choose uh, something with the Rani in it? Because that's kind of the classic, okay, we're talking about women, let's talk about the master being mm. a woman, i.e., the Rani. Mm. But actually, she's not very good, is she? So it, it's just it, a it, translation. You'd be talking about it, and you'd be going, well, uh, you know, whereas this, you're talking about going, oh, well, well great. the character's oh, not great. great. The I, character... I did enjoy Kate O'Mara in it. It's a bit tedious, isn't it? It's not layered in the same way that all this stuff is. I mean, I, yeah. I don't particularly like the story of Do you not? Of Blood. I think it's a bit dull, to be honest. Oh, okay. And those, it didn't grab me like the three doctors did like a few weeks ago. But uh, they used to have yeah. women in the eighties, like um, that awful Patricia Hodge. Beryl Reed, not in Doctor Who necessarily. Beryl Reed, female, female actors. Beryl Reed being one. Traffic code. <laughs> <laughs> But, but so Beryl Reed was a lesbian, was big, big shoulder pads. Well, she was. She, she wasn't in real life. But oh. she, she was in that oh. film she did Damn about it. the. Uh, Damn it. But it convinced a whole generation that she was gay, didn't it? Yeah, My mum was convinced she was what a lesbian. Was the film? Running after a woman with You're a pitchfork. Your sister George. That's it. Mm. Thank you. Mm. Mm. It upset a lot of people, that didn't it? Mm. It is. Can she go into Section Twenty-Eight? No, she can't. She said. She said in her autobiography. I don't like rug. <laughs> I don't like the word gay. I mean, that's just that means happy for me. Oh. I, like, I like to call them uh, homosexuals or something, something like that. But she was very pro-gay. Yeah, good. So, so don't, don't, don't be down. Don't spit on her grave. <laughs> I wouldn't go down on her. <laughs> I don't know if I can put anyone in section twenty-eight in this episode, but there is a lovely moment, isn't there? I think it's episode three where you get that that boy in the tent who comes out of the tent oh, yes. the top. I thought yes. Greg would enjoy yes. that yeah. Yeah. You see, you see, you see and that all. lady from Ice World is in the tent it's the same lady that's lost lost her yes York. the the lady that's walking around saying have you found my daughter Estrella 
Oh yes. That's the same. That's the same that's bit her. that's in the tent that then goes and touches the rock and the top of the sky. He's going to go. He's walking outside to have a slash, isn't he? He's about yeah. to undo his trousers. Yeah. And then he get, he sees the rock. Yeah. Yeah. Really nuts in May, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, I was. Um, I enjoyed that moment. Hey, Pat. Pat. Come and have a look at this. You won't believe it. What is it? Where did they come from? Don't know. They weren't here last night. Perhaps it's a joke. Perhaps someone from the wheat sheep dumped them here during the night. Oh. They must weigh tons. I suppose they are real rock. Not just fakes. What's the matter? My hand! My hand! I... And I was waiting for it all the way through, and by about episode three I was thinking, maybe it's not even this story. And in my mind's eye I was wondering if it was Image of the Fendal. They're interchangeable, actually, in a way, those two stories, yeah, aren't Yeah, they're they? very similar. Yeah. Great, yeah. being a woman hater as you are, <laughs> yes. were you a bit pissed off watching this? Because you're like, when are the, when's the eye candy for me coming up? But you got it, you got yeah, it. I did get it. No, you got yeah. a topless man to compensate. So did, that, did that make it worth having to sit through the performances of all these women? Oh, no, I love be, be layman in it. I know, but she's hardly a woman, is she? Hardly when you've got a like, woman like uh, Jean Marsh or uh, yeah. Gina Lola Bridger. Yeah. Or Jerry Russell, or or Jerry Anderson, Jerry Anderson, or Bridget <laughs> Fonda, or Bridget Fonda, or Bridget o, uh, Riley. <laughs> Are you already met? <laughs> or Caitlyn Jenner. Or <laughs> oh, yeah. Or Barbara Hepworth. Well, we're some terrible bigots, aren't we? <laughs> thank are. goodness for people like Peter Davison who aren't bigots. Ah, there's always this right. <laughs> stones of blood. Stones of blood. Why did they never bring the ogre back? They're one shot, really. Because they look like massive chicken nuggets. They do. It's rubbish. Is that, been, is that observation been observed before? I think they were quite creepy, though. It seemed obvious to me. I like that pulsing sound. In context, you know, in the 70s, people were absolutely mad on Druids and all they this were. kind of Stone Age stuff. The stone tapes. And the stone tapes is... <laughs> the stone... Children of the Stones. Children of the Stones. It's the very Garrett similar. Thomas, he's the Rolling Stones. They were it's really worth watching. Were, Children the of the stones, stones is brilliant. I see the Rolling Stones and Queen very similar. So, you stone know, tedious Moses. old windbags still carrying on with a ridiculous Yes, I, I wish Freddie would pack it in. <laughs> one man, one dog, one true religion. One dump, one turn to sit, John Deacon. Freddie. He, he, he outstayed his welcome, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not him again. You're on your own here, Tom. He certainly does on this bloody podcast. We, we, like bl- we bloody love Freddie. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Do you like it? I like it. I like it up, me. All right. <laughs> Freddie's dead. Okay. Yeah. Mm. I really or like the Stones of Blood. Cod. I think it's one of the few Doctor Who stories from that season which feels like old Doctor Who. And when I say like they were making taking some risks, it's actually got some creepy mm. moments. Yeah. It's a very sedate season, isn't it? And the Stones of Blood, it, it, it tickles me because I like things which are slightly creepy about stones, ancient things, old. It's a little bit like, um, you know, it's funny you mentioned the stone tape. It is like a Nigel Neal story. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's going into ancient history, which actually has more of a scientific, horrific link behind it. Mm. There's more to it. And 
when you come to episode three and it's revealed actually there's a whole science fiction story underneath all this it's not about sacrifice it's not about Druidism at all sacrifice it's <laughs> no sacrifice that's my favourite Rolling Stones <laughs> But in the end, oh, George it, Michael. Oh, was yeah, it? Oh, it George Michael. George Michaels. He's dead. Oh, I, I, thought it, I, thought was, I thought it was Jimmy Somerville. They shot Chowchesco. <laughs> anyway. Fucking hell. <laughs> um, but anyway, but Stones of Blood, lully stuff, lully stuff. Lots Not of bad. Lots Not of bad. women in it. But then, yes. doesn't it end up being sort of a game of two halves? As yeah, the, as the like late Bruce Forsythe we end up in a sort of a courtroom drama that's yeah. like a bit, of, a bit comedy, a bit shtick, and it's got mm-hmm. um, Tom Baker, the, 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 the judge's the wig on. on. And yeah. In that he's horrible, he's talking horrible to model. nothing in this little mm. sort of... Which are done quite well, actually, I think. But, They're well. done well. I don't like the model. The model's horrible. No, no, no it's, it's, it's hilariously bad, isn't it? Looks it? Like yeah, a, yeah. it looks like a tram. I Which know, one? yeah. The, in the model shop. Ship oh, the spaceship is there. It's one of Matt Irvine's misfires. Your bloody candle last episode was better than that. I know, we should have used that, shouldn't we? It's, it's yeah, Matt Irvin is in Edge of Darkness. You actually see. He has a shot on the boat yeah, in a wetsuit. Yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah. He did oh, the, yeah. the vis effects for that that's show, didn't he? He actually gets his fizzog in the finished product. So I did his mullet. Like, uh, the mullet Irvine. Four, yeah. If it stayed in, uh, on Earth, it would have been better, I think. But there we are. That's my two pennies. Do you think it was a good choice for this episode, Tom? Or was it, 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 it did a terrible? Me one? At the start, I thought it, well, it was a bit uh, abstract, but uh, it was okay. I, and it was a good choice to sort of talk about how great those ladies are. We could have chosen an episode like Galaxy Four, but I think yeah. that'd have been too much on the nose. And also, there's only about five minutes of the episode yes. to watch. Mm. Mm. for us to watch in those. <laughs> how many TARDIS is out of five? I mean, it's not, it's not bad. It's not. My name is a classic for me. So three. I'd say three point five. I think a three. This me. creeping uh, sort of leniency towards half marks of TARDIS. It's, it's B. Layman for me. I mean, she makes it sort she of slightly it. more special. It, it is a three out of five, I agree, but having B. Half Layman. Half a mark, half a TARDIS for mm. B. Layman. Yeah. Mm. Fair enough. Yeah. B. Layman's bits, five out of five. <laughs> and following that, we're going into a very special moment. It's the mind probe. Ah. So we have coming up a very, very special interview. We're going to be talking to Rosalind Lloyd, who you'll know played the nurse in the Pirate Planet. Ladies and gentlemen, Rosalind Lloyd. You are authorised to use the Mind Probe. What? The Mind Probe. No, not the Mind Probe. Okay, well, now I've been putting my thinking cap on because you have to remember, boys, this is a very, very long time ago. (laughs) And I have to start by saying, unfortunately, when I look in the mirror these days, I'm more like the old bat queen's... No, 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 no. no, no. No, no. No, That's 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 how it feels. No, No, you just asked me a question. It's very interesting, actually, because I have been racking my brains. And I remember my agent at the time sending me along to an interview at uh, BBC TV Centre, which, alas, of course, is no more. And uh, I had to uh, meet several people. I I think Pennant Roberts was there, but there there was also the producer and various other people. Mm. And apparently... um, the, the agent had another lady on his books. Um, we, we were both young and sent along, and they were trying to decide which of us would play which part. Right. 
So I could have ended up playing the nice young thing down on the planet's surface who never got to meet the Doctor and it was running about the hills of Wales. Uh I'm very glad to say they saw me as a baddie. Uh (laughs) So I got got the baddie part, which was lovely. And that's, that's really how I remember getting it, yeah. It's really, I mean, you have some very, very steely glances yeah. in that, I have to say. Um, it's, it's nice because Bruce Purchase, who played the um, pirate captain, is very obviously a sort of uh, blustering kind of villain. Um, but you had the, all the steely glances and stuff behind him. Um, how did you, how did you, did you, do you have a good sort of rapport with, with Bruce when you were making it? I had, we all did, I have to say. There was something about Bruce which endeared him to everybody. He was very, very lovable. Um, a really, really sweet character, lovely man to work with. Mm. And, um, of course, I was stuck there behind him. And I thought, well, you know, I know in my in my head that I am the queen, mm. but the, the, the audience doesn't know. They think I'm the nurse. But there again, if I play it like Nurse Ratchet... <laughs> You know, with the stupid, you know, the really steely glasses, as you say. But I could get away with it in my mind because I was just being one of those horrible, um, firm nurses. (laughs) But in fact, of course, um, what was going on in the head was the fact that I was controlling him. Yes. Yes, I mean, it was very exciting because um, I think they'd done it once previously in Doctor Who, also in a Tom Baker story, of having uh, a female villain, which was... um, Judith Parrish, who is in the Hand of Fear, but I think I, right. think, I think you might have been sort of only, more or less only the second female Doctor Who villain. Did, did that occur to you, or were you excited about that in any way? Well, no, no, it didn't occur to me. Uh, I, as I say, I was excited to be the baddie because it's always more fun being the baddie. Mm. Uh, of course, it is. Um, you know, look at James Bond and all that, all those wonderful baddies. Mm. Anyway, uh, I had no idea that I was sort of up there as among the first, second, or whatever it might be, but great fun to hear, lovely. Yes, yes, and um, uh, how did you find uh, Tom Baker? Because he was uh, very, very, very popular at the time, I mean, really riding the press away. He certainly was, yes, he certainly was. Again, I put my thoughts to the, because, you know, having to think back and remember <laughs> you know, how mm. one felt, um, but what I remember about, to all I can say is, you know, there are there are people you can virtually count on one hand who you meet in a lifetime who exude charisma who have that kind of star quality shining out of them now the one one I can remember um, before and obviously I'm saying that Tom had it as far as I was concerned I mean he really he just has that incredible huge presence about him Um, I, I remember when my my late husband, who was a stills photographer, was working on the Dirty Dozen. Ah. And he suggested I brought the kids out to Northholt Airport one day uh, where they were shooting. And uh, he might, you know, the kids might like to see the planes. That was the idea. Hmm. But of course, when we, when we got there and I parked the car, I said, Oh, Ross, come on over. I want to introduce you um, to uh, the various members of the cast. Hmm. And. Um, now, who was in who was in Dirty Dozen? It was Ernest Borgnine, wasn't it? Yes, that's right. And and uh, the, the lead the leading man in it, and isn't it terrible? I'm having a senior moment. <laughs> the, the name has gone right out of my head. Um, it wasn't 
Lee Marvin, possibly? Lee Marvin, thank Lee Marvin. you. Thank, thank you. Who said that? Hi, it's Tom. Remarkably, I don't know anything. Tom, I don't know why I knew that. Tom, good start. Wonderful. Yes, Lee Marvin uh, towered over me, because I am quite short, and he's very tall. Yeah. And he towered over me, and this voice came out, and because Pete introduced me, and then he said, oh, oh hello, Rosalind. It's so <laughs> wonderful me. Oh, ah, ah, yes, I And shook his hand, shaking. And that... That was another example. I'm not really that the, the type that sort of goes weak at the knees at everybody, mm. but he did. He did have that um, that wonderful presence about him, and so did Mr. Baker. You know, star quality that pe- that certain pe- very few people have actually. Did you think it was a sort of a well-written part? Because a Doctor Who's often been considered quite um, sexist or misogynist in sort of writing parts for women that just end up screaming. But how did you feel? Uh, with the parts, you think it was a, a good part? And... Well, well, of course. As, as I said a couple of times, you know, I was thrilled to be uh, cast in that particular role, and I thought, well, of course, we had Douglas Adams, didn't we? Mm. We, yeah. were, we were honoured to have our story written by the great man himself, and I thought he wrote a very strong. Uh, evil character um, I didn't have that much to say and it didn't matter because when you're working with cameras you, you don't need lots of lines if you're mm. you know if you know what you're doing yeah. Um, so yeah I thought it was it was it was it was very strong certainly not uh, any way uh, demeaning to women I mean mm. okay they did they did dress me in a, a very short skirt with high boots and showed a lot of leg uh, but th- that's what one did yeah. in, the, in the 70s <laughs> <laughs> and they gave you a lot of screen time like you say you're not always talking but you're on screen a lot of the time and acting yes. in the background and acting you know quite either quite sinister or, or quite um, saturnine especially with Bruce Purchase uh, yes. I, I think it's a really really good um, double act you had going on well, that was that was fun, and the other thing I'm thinking of, of course, I was absolutely thrilled to be able to experience um, blue screen. Ah, um, CSO. Because, yes, the CSO. I, actually, I can't remember if it was blue or green because uh, <laughs> you can you can yeah. use both. Yeah. Um, and uh, anyway, but to, to to be shot and then disappear and yeah. fade away and and then to see it actually when when it aired to see how they did it that was that was very exciting and i got to slap doctor who <laughs> i have calculated every detail i shall live forever baffle gab my dear i've never heard such baffle gab in all my lives you dare to mock me yes ah, ah now we're getting somewhere aren't we you shall die now for your insolence <laughs> yes, if you remember, he, yes. I gave him a good whack. <laughs> uh, yes. Which was, which was quite good. I, I, end up, I don't know why, in my career, I've ended up slapping and hitting lots of people. I, I, the fight that I had, going back to a, another job I did on Who Dares Wins, oh. um, it, when I had a fight protecting my baby with the ghastly woman who was holding us hostage and I was slapping her, hitting her. <laughs> oh, it, was, it, it was Ingrid Pitt. I'm oh, getting, oh, I, don't, Pitt. Yeah. I don't know why I'm getting off Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was Ingrid Pitt and um, 
she kept saying because she, she said, I want this little green rose you know, I, can't, I can't do a German accent but she was like I, you must make it look green it was really hitting me go on go on uh-huh. for it. and then I and I saw a whack her and she went oh you have made my nose bleed uh-huh. <laughs> I was like well yeah sorry darling that's what you want <laughs> not, not many people anyway, have given Ingrid Pitt a nosebleed in my time yeah, yeah. So there's not many people who can say they've given Ingrid Pitt a nosebleed that's, that's pretty good <laughs> and she was yeah. she was in Doctor Who twice in fact Ingrid uh-huh. So, yes, it's... Oh, here, here we go with the fact. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, what, what was she? What was she in? Which story was that? Uh, she did a John Pertwee called the Time Monster, and she later reappeared with Peter Davison in uh, Warriors of the Deep. Well, and was she, was she was she a baddie? She was a goodie with John Pertwee, and yeah. then later a baddie with Peter Davison. Yeah. So, mm. so she was in it before you were, but, but she was a, a goodie in it when she was in it with John Pertwee. Right. Mm. Roz, did you did, did you hit Tom for real then? Did, was it a re- real physical yes. slap? Yes. Ah. As far as I remember, I don't remember anybody saying, now you've got to do this and then somebody's going to put in the sound effect or anything. <laughs> no, no, as far as I remember, I, I, he was quite happy to be um, whacked by <laughs> <laughs> he, he took it on the chin. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> in, uh, in fact, all the memories come flooding back when you know when we talk like this and um, talking about uh, that. You know, when we were rehearsing those sort of scenes and we were of course at the Acton Hilton, which mm, people oh. must have talked to you about. Yes. Um, upstairs in a rehearsal room and we had the wonderful John Leeson who would always come to rehearsals and crouch at the side of the set um, <laughs> to do canine's voice so yeah. we always had you know the real canine with us and 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 of course Tom, you know if you've read Tom's autobiography that he yes. hated canine yeah, yeah. Uh, so so that was awkward but on top of that Bruce had uh, this mechanical parrot yes that's right if you remember <laughs> and of course the mechanical parrot and canine had uh, had a fight oh. talking of, talking of fights yes. and the trouble the tech boys had with oh. that Bleeding parrot. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Everything went wrong. We had to do it over and over again. Oh, but anyway, that's a lovely memory of, of John. John crouching, being canine. It's master. Yeah, it, was, uh, it was lovely. It was lovely. It sounds like it was a very happy company that you was working with there, Ross. It, well, it was because we were we were really, we were really, the company was really split into two. As I said, there was the the, the part of the story which was led by Romana, who was da- and uh, she was down on the pa- the planet surface, the planet which the pirate planet was trying to you know eat, as it were. Yeah. Um, so she was down on the planet surface, and that was all filmed in Wales. Yeah. So we so we had all the the, the, the nice people down there. Um, <laughs> And, and then we had me and Bruce and Tom and John Neeson, of course, and the lovely actor who played Bruce's sidekick, Mr. Fibuli. Yes. Ah, uh, Mr. And Fibuli. I feel dreadful. I can't remember his name. Andrew um, um, Robertson. Andrew. Robertson. That's right. Lovely Andrew Robertson. Robertson. And, uh, so, we, so we were a, um, a, a little team of our own. Um, and, and never the twain met, as it were. Yeah. When, we, when we rehearsed, we you know we were our little group rehearsing, yeah. and the, the others went off and filmed. Um, it was outside broadcast. You know, they were they were actually filming 
in Wales. So, but, but our group, our little group, was a, yes, a very happy, happy group. So yeah. that was that was lovely. And did you feel supported by the director, Pennant Roberts, because he he was he directed Doctor Who several times and. Uh, well, I think I might have mentioned to you once in conversation, Greg, that I, I remember he directed it, mm. and I don't remember that much about him. But right. I have thought, mm. I have thought of something, mm. which um, I'm, I'm sure n- n- nobody would mind me saying, is that um, he, he, as far as I remember, he, he was always a bit slow in calling. Uh, five-minute coffee breaks. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> and we were, we were all get gasping for a cup of tea or a cup of coffee. So somebody, and I can't remember who it was, and it was probably Bruce, but mm. yeah, I, I don't know. Somebody suggested we tried, what do you call it? Um, subliminal... Uh, you, you know, when you try and put an idea into somebody's yeah, head yeah, subliminally. Yeah. So, so basically what would happen is that we'd all be looking at each other. God, it's about time we stopped for a bit, isn't it? And somebody would go, coffee break. <laughs> <laughs> and then somebody else would sneeze and they would go, tea break. <laughs> and blow me down, it worked. <laughs> it usually worked. We'd get our tea break and coffee break. <laughs> Oh, that's, I'm terribly sorry, that, Greg. That's all I can remember. <laughs> that's a brilliant. That's a brilliant story. Well, we've got on the stage of, um, I think, 1978 when when uh, you were in it, and now, of course, um, I mean, I have to say, we don't really watch the new series, but um, obviously, we've heard the news of, of it being a, a, a female Doctor Who now. Um, do you have any thoughts yes. on that about uh, how things have changed? I have. Um, I have nothing but positive thoughts about that because Jodie Whittaker is the most amazing actress. Yes, she in, is. In I somebody agree. Else, in somebody else's hands, and, and, and of course, the, sh- you know, the show is in good hands now, um, and they're all looking after it. It's, it's uh, progressed very well. But in, in another actress's hands, it, it might have been a bit... Uh, too wacky, or that, you know, if they'd gone for a comedian or something like—I don't know—but she is sublime as as a as a, a pure actress. Uh, I love her work. Uh, anyone who sees Broadchurch yeah. will, will know she can come up with the goods. Mm. And even that rather odd drama where she pretended to be a doctor that was on recently—she oh, actually. Yeah. What's being a pretending to be a doctor, um, and you had to completely suspend disbelief because it, it, the story was really quite uh, absurd. But she was so good in it that she, um, you, you, you did suspend disbelief. You just went along with it because she was so believable. Yeah, I think she's um, great. I think... So I'm, I'm thrilled that she's doing it. But it's also put in my mind a few thoughts. Because uh, I thought, well, no doubt you are going to ask me about female, our first female Doctor. But I think that Doctor Who, over the decades, has been incredibly diverse. Mm. Mm. Yes. Because, I, I mean, all, all these, and you do get these diehards who are muttering into their beards about female Doctors and all the rest of it. Oh. But when you think about it, we've got a, we've got a bisexual character in yeah. Cat Jack. Mm. We've got the first black companion in Martha. Yeah. We've got a lovely, my favourite companion, 
apart from Rose Tyler, was Bill Potts. She, she was, I do watch the, the, the new re- series, so yeah, the she is good. One. She's bad. And she's, and she's a, you know, a, not only black, but gay. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we've got a female master. Yeah, it's so, doing pretty well, uh, isn't it, you know, in terms of diversity. When they first announced um, Jodie Whittaker and you did sort of hear about people muttering and complaining, I thought, what are they complaining about? Because the show is all about change. It's all about, uh, I mean, re- for rejuvenation, I think, re- uh, reincarnation. Yeah. And, and if, if a person can be reincarnated as a cat, which has been, <laughs> you know, it does doesn't really matter what, <laughs> what sex somebody is. I mean, maybe we'll have a, a, a horse one day. <laughs> I think a horse would be good. That would be hilarious. Do yeah. <laughs> you see what I mean? Yeah. It's, no, I uh, think it's a good point. And I think it's. Uh, I think you're right. I think she's brilliant, and I think it's. Uh, it's going to be great. Hmm. Yes. Yes. And I. I do like the idea of her. Her companion being an older man. <laughs> yes. It's very interesting uh, so, decision. The, yeah. Yes, and, and so I think I can see uh, quite a bit of comedy coming out of that, that relationship between the two of them. Yeah. Um, so, anyway. That's, that, that's, that's, a, that's some lovely thoughts. I mean, I'm, I'm slightly reluctant to leave this on a downer, but um, uh, we're, we're all big fans of Sir Roger Moore. We know that um, you'd worked with him, obviously, in um, The Wild Geese, and he was a, a family friend. Um, yes. And obviously we lost him this year. And I was just wondering if you had any thoughts about what sort of man he was and uh, what he was like to be around. Roger was very, very special. Um, there was no, there was no side to him. I mean, you, you know, he, he wasn't grand. Mm. Uh, he didn't, he didn't play the, the big I am the star bit or the rest of it. Um, he, he was just delightful, and he and my dad were very, very close friends because Dad produced The Wild Geese mm. and the subsequent film, um, The Sea Wolves, which Roger was in as yeah, well, nice. uh, with Gregory Peck and, and Trevor Howard. And, and um, uh, it, it, you know, the people like that, they, they don't, oh God, it sounds like a cliche, they just don't make them like that anymore. We agree, yes, we totally agree. Yeah, but I, I I have to say that because uh, my dad died, died last year, age ninety two, yes, we we had a we had a memorial um, for him, which Dad had asked for in a in a church, which Dad had asked for. But um, coming up later on in October, they are actually having a celebration of Rob, Roger's life, which will be at Pinewood oh. rather than in a church. Uh, and I'm going to that, which will oh. be lovely. I look forward to the fact that, you know, it's a happy thing. We're celebrating him. Mm. Yeah, so, quite well, right. And, yeah. and you got to be kissed by him on screen as well. Yeah. <laughs> I did indeed. I did. <laughs> Again, it's a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> But it's still there, reserved for posterity on the film. And We've all got it on DVD, Roz. Uh, yeah. Have you? Yes, I've got a copy. Oh, <laughs> well, that's a, well I, I, at Dad's memorial, I put a, um, a, a tape together of music, all the music from his films, oh. and which included The Wild Geese and The March and yeah. you know, that wonderful uplifting uh, sound and all the rest of it. So we had that playing, blasting out in the church, which was oh, lovely. That's wonderful. <laughs> Yeah. You've punched Ingrid Pitt and you've kissed Roger Moore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. I slapped Tom Bell. Yes, you've done it all, Ross. <laughs>
Well, look, no, th- thank you so much for um, giving giving us your time and your thoughts about uh, about these things this afternoon, Rosalind. It's been a, a real pleasure and a privilege. And thank you so much. A lovely I, I, I was just about to say it's been a pleasure for me too. It's, it's lovely to reminisce about happy times. Oh, well, thank you, and I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Okay, Greg, and, and Sam and Tom. Go back to that you. holly bush. Thank well, you. Yes. Go back to that holly bush. I've got to get back to that holly bush. Thank you. Bye bye. So much appreciated. Bye bye. Thanks, Rob. Bye now. Okay. Bye. Bye bye. <laughs> You know of eternal life. Enough to know it can't be sustained by those time dams back there. When this body becomes fully corporeal. It never will, not ever. My calculations are wrong. No, impossible. No, it Dare to mock me? Yes. Ah. Oh, wasn't that lovely? Uh, yes, it's good to get some insight into... Uh... A lady who was in Doctor Who as one of the original Lady Doctor Who villains. And kissed Roger Moore. Yeah, she knew him. Family friend. Wonderful, wonderful. Great. Thank you, Ross, for your time. Mm. Really appreciate it. Well done, Greg, for that lovely interview. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you to to television's Ollie Burton. Yeah. Yes. Who uh, uh, knows Ross and put us in touch. So very kind of him. Mm. Ollie Burton. He won't be listening. Yes. (laughs) Big Brexiteer, Ollie, <laughs> Ollie will not be listening to any of our podcasts, at least the one the episode named Women. Okay. <laughs> He's homosexual. <laughs> All right. So, Greg, we're now going into Josiah's Library. Oh, I know yes. that you've been preparing for this, quite especially. It's a very special book. It's Enlightened by Barbara Clegg. Here Barbara we go. Barbara Clegg. No, 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 you two run along. I'm going to do a spot of reading. Tell me to finish this book before we reach Bombay. So, here we have the mm. copy of the it's novel. It's a lovely uh, cover, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Tell so, us about it, Tell Greg. us about it, Greg. Well, it's got Peter Davison on the cover, but only in photographic imagery. And that's the interesting thing about the books of the Peter Davison era, the target novelisations of Peter Davison era. Embedded in the neon logo. Indeed. He's very rarely... Um, in it. Paint, he's, never, he's never on the painted covers. He's like a pygmy in that respect. He never likes to be painted. Exactly. Uh, Might be stealing his soul or something like that. But if you look at like the cover of Snake Dance, for example, it's, it's the same sort of shtick. And then they later went into photographic ones, didn't they, with Peter Davis. Yeah, they were good. Against oh, the Mordred Undead ones are yes, really thrilling cover. The orange Mordred Undead yes, ones. Yes, and yeah. they're awful cutouts on things like Arc of Infinity. Terminus. They just yeah. invented photography, that's yes, why. Yes, they had, yeah. In 1981. Most out of it. And then, uh, of course, in later years, uh, Colin Baker didn't appear on any, even as a photograph. Are you surprised? Mm. <laughs> well, he was charging for his face, wasn't he? Per inch. <laughs> 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 Only available in large format. <laughs> We're not going to bail, Mr Baker. It's almost a lovely uh, painting of a uh, mm. ship and uh, yeah. sort of a, a Superman... Uh, sort of kryptonite type thing. Yes. Greg, why did yes, you decide to read Enlightenment well, I this read episode? It, I read it in 1988. I'm glad you've planned why it. Why did you? Yes. But why? Uh, well, I was reading all of the Doctor Who's. And because it's, it's a woman. Yes, a woman, a lady writer, Barbara a lady Clegg. Writer, a lady Head of the Liberal well. Democrat Party. A lady mm. uh, Democrat. No, sorry. <laughs> a lady director. <laughs> Fiona Cumming as well. So I, I was surprised we didn't Vince choose Cable. that as the, uh, for the old... Uh, uh, mm. What's it? 
But you read it, Greg, recently. You read it like, the last few weeks, didn't you? No, I read it in 1988. Oh. What do you remember, Greg? <laughs> well, this book review is slightly previous. <laughs> I, can, I, I know it was 1988, because I can still see it now in my mind's eye, being in Mrs. Mrs. Charnock's class. And, God, she was a bitch. Um, Margaret Charnock, her name was. I hope she's dead. I have no idea if she is. But she was a fierce woman. Fierce. You know, she treated us badly. She was not a kind woman. She wasn't interested in justice. She was interested in punishment. Right. Um, <laughs> and it was one of those moments in, in primary school where you... Uh, where you it is water off. <laughs> My mean, reminiscences... I must say, your book reviews are getting worse. <laughs> you haven't even read the bloody book for this one. Yeah. Anyway, so you read it in 1988. Yeah, she she wandered off. Uh, no, she, no, something wandered off. Oh, he's bitter. Yeah, going to get me stems bitter. So, William have you anything to say about this, this book? Well, the interesting thing was when I was reading it in 1988, I was I had to come in front of the whole class and read the book. The whole book? No, just a segment of it. Not not all 40,000 of the words, <laughs> but just a selection of those 40,000 right. words. So I read. So it was a presentation. Part of it. Sorry. Yeah. So I prepared it and I. I I, I read a bit out of it, which I think was the early chapters, and um, and it all went quite well, and I didn't stumble over any words. And I think I frustrated uh, Mrs. Charnock uh, that I read it so well, and she ended up just having to have this very backhanded compliment of saying, they can be very challenging, these Doctor Who books, for you younger readers, and maybe you should think of reading something not quite so challenging. Well, Paley was at the toilet. Yes. What should we say? I can't think of anything to say that would, would upset him. Well, we're being recorded. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, is there anything we can say to the listeners that Paley won't hear? Well, we've talked about some very controversial oh, subjects. Yes. This, this, this podcast, haven't we? Should we just say Paley stinks? <laughs> we've talked about Brexit. We've talked about women. Uh, we talked about Jimmy Savile. <laughs> <laughs> This is, what happens. To this is what happens when Paleo leaves the room. We just yeah. go to pot. Anyway, what I like about this particular version, I don't know if it's Paleo's uh, um, handwriting, but someone's written in, uh, in a lovely uh, biro. Oh, yes. New Doctor Who books. This is the back page of uh, ah. Enlightened by Barbara Clegg. One, The Dominators, PT. I think. Ah. Two, Warriors of the Deep, PD. Peter, Davis. Peter Davidson. Three, you'll like this. The Aztecs. Oh, he's brought back his birthday. Ah, I ah. think this. Uh, I think this book review is going nowhere. Yes, I, I, I think so. Let's uh, let's finish it. <sighs> let's curtail it. But it's very well written. A, a, a good, a good uh, attempt, Barbara Clegg. But you're no Terry Dix. What did I miss? Not much. Well, <laughs> I was just giving my story about standing in front of the class and reading Enlightenment, ah. and Mrs. Charnock saying. These Doctor Who books, they can be very difficult. Maybe you should consider... Is it Beryl Reed? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you should consider reading something slightly less challenging. And I was ten years old at the time. That's a bit harsh. Six years later, I was reading Victor Hugo, so fuck her. So, it's written by a woman. Does it, a woman. Does, does it have any different feeling to any of the novels? Is it well, better yeah, than Uncle I, Terry? No, it's just... It's obviously, being written by a woman, it's not as good. Because <laughs> I've yet to oh. find a woman who, who writes things very well. What about oh. Rona Monroe, no. though? What about Rona, Rona Monroe? Monroe? She was good. I'm talking about, you know, what's a really good classic novel written by a woman? Actually? Daphne du Maurier. 
Well, Rebecca. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that was pretty good. Right. Um, uh, our cousin Rachel, fantastic piece of work. Yeah, I mean, Jamaica yeah, Inn, incredible pretty, pretty novel. Good. I've tried Ayn Rand, I think that's a bit dull. Oh, I've tried really. George Eliot. I've, I've made George Eliot's my best. Well, George, say, Eliot. George Eliot's on my list of yeah. women. I, you know, Greg's. I, I, I didn't like Margaret Atwood, I thought it was uh, feminist guff. <laughs> Did you not like brilliant. Handmaid's Tales? Are great. Oh, so dreary. So oh, I like dull. it. I think it's great. No, give me George Orwell's. Nice right, let me read out a list of, thing, of novels that you should read. Uh, novelists. Han Kang, have you heard of her? No. Brilliant book called The Vegetarian. Very sexy. Read that. Gosh, Penelope Fitzgerald. Is it vegetarian? Isn't it? No, what's the whole topic? It's quite God. gruesome and gory. You'd like that. Right, okay. Penelope Fitzgerald. Try her. Donna Tartt. Try her. Hanya Yana Gihara. She's very good. American author. You're just making names no. up. Margaret Atwood, Nell Zink, give her a go. Ooh. These are all people I've read in the last couple of years to stop reading male authors because they bore me. George Eliot, Hilary yes. Mantel, she's good. These are all good authors. I'm going to give you this list. Chinuara Chaby. That's a black man. But <laughs> <laughs> I have read that recently too. Uh, but yeah, yeah give those a go, Greg, and, uh, and then yes, you'll, the hopefully you'll become less of a misogynist. Um, Penelope Fitzgerald, I need to look into her. She's good. I liked her in The Good Life. Yeah, yeah she's very good in that. And now we're going into the time lash to talk about a very difficult subject, the tricky one. Oh dear. Women. I don't have anything to say. Oh, but it's all arranged. Maynard and I have important things to discuss. Yes, Doctor. Greg, okay, you, you can start off. Uh, Women in Doctor Who. Yes. Well, which yeah. one do you like most? Uh, oh, God. They wrote very nice parts for them, didn't they? Um, Katie Manning. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Greg isn't the biggest expert on this. And, and I, I, it's I'm on my high horse. I get my high horse. I think uh, it's, it's interesting, Doctor Who, isn't it? Because uh, it's often criticised. You can criticise it for being sort of... Um, Women are seen as Donny birds. They're sort of in short skirts. There's always a sort of a, uh, in the in the papers, you know, here's the latest assistant with her short skirt, and that these days is seen as slightly sexist. And that's kind of and I, and I see it. If that was on TV now, I'd be like, oh, it's a bit one for the dads, but it was always for the dads, wasn't it? Mm. For the, like the mm. sort of pans people element. But actually, when you think about it, the, the, the women characters in Doctor Who, especially the assistants, were a bit ballsy and a bit more independent than the Doctor. The Doctor's quite staid. Mm, particularly the first season. The first few seasons, mm. really. You know, it was yeah. until Tom Baker came along. It was, uh, he was sort of the more traditional sort of figure, and, and it, was the, it was the lady companion for the assistants. They were a bit more... Well, yeah. I mean, the very first one was actually a really brilliant... It's based around a woman, the first story. Yeah, a girl. Two women. And it's about the concerns that Babs has for Mm. the young girl. Yeah, Yeah. the the guys are incidental. We don't really see Doctor Who until they they try the story. They don't. And Ian humours the situation. (laughs) Ian humours it, doesn't he? He goes, "Oh, I'll drive you there, and we'll go and see what's going on." That's what I mean. Yeah, but yeah. So I I think this is a bit of a bit of a double thing going on there. Is Doctor Who terribly sexist or is it actually quite progressive? I don't know. I think it's incredibly progressive. Yeah, I think, it, I think it, with, the, with poor writers and poor production teams it slips into being a bit of... I think what, what the, 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 ter- the terrible thing is that each, every assistant is, uh, is introduced as ballsy, this time it's different, Leela, Romana, mm. Sarah Jane Smith, but in the end, you know, three or four uh, stories in, 
episode three, they're always screaming like, mm. a, like you know, and it's like that's just lazy writing. I think. I think you know the writers have great ideals, the producers have great ideals <coughs> to make these women sort of have a bit of balls, especially Sarah Jane. But inevitably, that's kind mm. of the role that they're functioning. So it's the exactly formula, isn't it? The drama, it's the formula. Peril. Yeah. You do. It's the formula the we never, never, never overcame. Does he? Uh, he does in the Colin Baker era. Well, yes, we're all the audience. Screams <laughs> there, but... He was he. He gets the. <laughs> yeah, no, so I, I think mm. it's just one of those things that you can't avoid, and I think it's uh, a bit of a pain when you watch it with fresh eyes and go, "Come on, guys, you can do better than this," because because the, the ideals from the very start were really there, and really good, and sometimes it's lazy, and sometimes it slips into this sort of stereotype: the women's a bit crap and a bit rubbish, and, mm. the, and the man is the hero. Which Doctor Who has never really been about stereotypes. It's, it creates its own cliches, like mm. quarries and uh, all that sort of thing. Yeah. But, uh, but, I, but I, you know... I... It's nowhere near on the, the James Bond level, which no, is the God worst. No. Yeah, that is so, terrible. You know, yeah. But that's the, that is the formula for Bond, and that Bond should never deviate from that, because if that's... you do, it doesn't become James Bond. Yeah, With Doctor Who, yeah, it's a different thing, and James Bond should always be a misogynist, and he should always have a woman on his arm. That's him, that's the character. Ago, you, have, you have the living daylights, and James Bond... Uh, post aids post aids but he was treating yeah. the woman you know he was literally pondering her for information yeah. um, but she was very sweet and innocent mm-hmm. and, but now we've regressed you know the last James Bond film basically had a dam- damsel in distress yeah. Yeah. tied yeah. up with a mouth gagged and James Bond had to come and rescue her before Bond's I'm went I'm amazed ever. by how bad the last James Bond film I just was absolutely staggered watching I mean, it was a disappointment wasn't but, it but yeah. the was dreadful it was yeah. Yeah. it was very misogynist yeah. Yeah. I don't say that lightly but it really was it yeah. was a step in the wrong direction but there was a big promotion the about there so. being an older lady in it didn't there and this key part she's only really in it for the first quarter she was the Beatrix Layman of Bond and she didn't even get the best lines talk about she? a Doctor Who companion she'd be a good Bond girl with a I remember James Bond in the year 1975 so I think Doctor Who and the women it was never necessary to think of, 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 of Doctor Who as being a woman that's what was happened now because well, I think you have these no, 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 we've talked about this. <laughs> <laughs> Just being in the bus. But, uh, but because you had the companions, and that's really who you would relate to. You relate yeah, to Sarah yeah. Jane, you relate to, yeah. in some ways, uh, uh, Katie Manning and all that yeah. sort of stuff. So, you know... It's a, but then you have, I mean, Tegan, she was a bit of a mouthy one, wasn't she? Mouth on legs. Yeah. And then you've got yeah, a, 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 essentially passive. an effete doctor who just yeah. rolls his eyes, but he still is playing the, the dominant male because yeah, he ignores what she's saying. But talking of Peter Davison, you know, he famously did that advert where he used Peter, real tea candles, Davison. <laughs> and he was the one in the kitchen <laughs> the dinner. I don't imagine. And now, all of a sudden on Twitter, he's, he's a great dinosaur yeah, misogynist. It's extraordinary, isn't it? It's anyway, ridiculous so, what he got in trouble for. So yeah. I think... Uh, I think um, Let's just come out of the time lash. <laughs> <laughs> let's just talk about something else. Let's move on. Yes. I didn't think, women, I didn't think women was a tri- tricky subject, but obviously mm. it still is. You know? well, it's I, very heated. I'm very pro women. Love it. Love their boobs and I love their bums. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very pro equality. <laughs> All men should have boobs if they want. <laughs> boobs. 
Old pa- paleo who used to have boobs. I'm trying like, to. They used to own boobs. <laughs> trying to. I'm trying to keep abreast of the conversation <laughs> and, and move Put your on. Boobs away. <laughs> oh dear God! Do you know what? Boobs. That's what they say now, isn't it? Man yeah, boobs. They're always, they're always talking about boobs. Can we just work through the doctors? Oh, if, they were, if they were, if they were, if they were to be played by female oh, yeah, actors, yes, can yeah, we work yeah. through oh, them? Yeah, so right. who, who would have been the first female oh, Doctor oh, Who? Margaret Rutherford. Margaret Rutherford. Okay, Troughton. Who would have Troughton been? Oh, crumbs. Slightly, slightly dipsy, slightly crazy woman. Una Stubbs. Yes. Yes. Who would have been Pertwee? Who would have been a Pertwee? We haven't. Who would have been good seaman? Um, <laughs> Bella Remberg, I think that's, that's Colin Baker. Bella Remberg. Bella Reed would have been a good Pertwee. She, she's quite uh, sort of uh, authoritative. Oh, you know that Miriam Marks. We know, Tom. Miriam Marks. And I've set up Bella Remberg for Colin Baker. <laughs> <laughs> what about what about uh, for well, David? Bland face for Bland. Doing doing it now. Yeah, Jody Whiskey. Oh, that's yeah. sorted then. Yeah. Okay. Sorted. So okay. we got Bella for Bella for Baker, and then McCoy. Uh, Mr. McCoy, a Scotch. Oh, Susan Doctor. Boyle. Yes. <laughs> 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 they do look similar. I dreamed a dream. <laughs> Do you have any different views, listeners? Let us know. Let us know. If you have the same views, I just very, I pity you. <laughs> <laughs> it all went to shit when we Our next episode is The Real McCoy. The final word. All that and more in the next episode of Doctor Who. And the complete menagerie. Almost, lady said almost. <laughs> That's what tongues are for. <laughs> if you enjoyed listening to that twaddle, you can follow us on Twitter at DW Menagerie. That's at DW Menagerie. And we'll be tweeting various photographs of our inside leg measurements and that sort of thing. Doctor Who is copyright of the BBC. No infringements on copyright are intended. Support Doctor Who by purchasing DVDs and CDs and all other media from the BBC. Any comments made by the complete menagerie, <laughs> almost, are all our own. You've been listening to a Sixth Floor production. 